Cool. You ready? Yep. Sound. So. Three. <laughs> oh, God. <coughs> wow. <laughs> I'm recording, so that's going in the bloopers. Oh, God. <laughs> There's, there's some there's some background noise for you. Mm. <laughs> Let's clear that. <laughs> and I'll try, try again, eh? So <clears throat> three, two, one. Hey up, my name's Ben, and this is the 2021 Advent calendar by the YYY Files. In this special series, I'll be here with a mini episode every day in the run-up to Christmas talking about something synonymous with Stoke City. Thankfully, I'm not alone, as I've drafted in one of the greatest Stoke City experts out there to guide us through Advent. He's the handle to my trophy, Martin Cook. Welcome back. That was a good intro. You might not hear this if you're listening on day 14. I might save the bloopers for Christmas Day. You're lucky that I'm recording this. You're lucky I'm still here. I bet Ben's just nearly choked on something in the (laughs) warm-up. Oh, God. You could make that sound better. No, I, I thought you were going to die. I'll be uh, honest. I thought this podcast was going to be a, a one-way street for the rest of the uh, rest of the episodes. Oh, that's okay. You, you can record yourself, right? You've got oh, one note written down now. I've just got to give you the password to upload to SoundCloud, and then you're good. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, yes. Day fourteen. Then let's move swiftly on. We were obviously talking about one of the greatest moments in Stoke City history last time out with the League Cup. Today, you could argue it's probably one of the worst. This one's called the Butler Street Stand. And some of the younger fans might not know what this is. So, obviously, before we played at what is now the Bet365 Stadium, Stoke played at the Victoria Ground. And there was a stand, not sure what what end it was, but it was the Butler Street Stand. And, uh, yeah, well... Yeah, you can't write this. This is so Stoke. One of the best things to have happened to us in our history. What what we had before this incident was was incredible, and something as unrelated as you can get took that away. Yeah. So you know, we spoke last in the last episode about the League Cup final win and how this was sort of the golden era if Stoke City is a football club. As a top-flight club, we'd won our first major honour. Tony Waddington had built what I think, from a historical point of view, is probably the best group of players in our history. The likes of Gordon Banks, Jimmy Greenhoff, Evan Hudson. And this was a supremely talented group of players, led by a hugely charismatic and inspirational manager. We'd won the League Cup. We'd hit a couple of FA Cup semi-finals. We were knocking around the top half of the league. People were tentatively talking about, you know, can we sneak our way into some sort of, some sort of title challenge? We went into the Europe a couple of times as well. So that's the context. That's where we're at. And basically, the storm of the decade hit. It blew the roof off the Butler Street stand. And that pretty much ended our golden period in one swift stroke. You just, if you were right in the history of Stoke City, from a fiction point of view, you wouldn't write this. It's just, it's it's remarkable. And you know what? These days, I wonder whether it it, it, it would have derailed the club as much as this. It, like this was an inconvenience, would have been an understatement. I think a shock 
to be honest, I, when I was doing my research, I saw that um, the first time that people saw this happen was the first team were going by on the train and just noticed that the roof of the stand had caved in <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they just didn't know what to do. And to be honest, sounds like the club didn't really know what to do either. Not particularly, no. So there's, there's sort of differing accounts about some of the details, but there's something like a quarter of a million pounds worth of damage, which you know, doesn't seem like a lot now, but back then that was far more than anyone had, had ever paid for a player or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That was a huge sum of money. There's some you know, disagreements over whether this stand was insured or not insured or how much of it was insured. But ultimately, it put a huge financial strain on the club. We'd made a significant loss the previous season as well. And in order to repair the roof, to repair the stadium, we had to raise money. And the way you do that in our situation then is you sell your best players and you sell your assets. You know, so within a matter of weeks, Jimmy Greenhoff had been sold to my United. You know, Alan Hudson soon followed. Maya Pedrick soon followed. Uh, Peter Shilton went for a record fee within 12 months' time as well. So sort of within the space of a year after this event, the whole or the vast majority of our best ever team had, had been dismantled, essentially, and all through just a freak occurrence of weather. <laughs> I mean, ah, uh, <laughs> you just wonder what, what could have been done in hindsight, but then that's it. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I'm, I'm just looking at the photos that you provided for this and, and just the people looking at it just so despondently and it and it is a, a huge mess as well right like like the the stand is just unusable like like to the point where games were delayed at the bet three the bet three six five wow the, the games were delayed at Victoria <laughs> Ground weren't they like like the stadium was just unusable unsafe at that point and and you yeah. just there's no contingency for this surely no, not particularly. There wasn't back then. And if you see some sort of the interviews that players have done from that period, um, I think Duck Magazine have done it, did a wonderful interview with Jimmy Greenoff where he sort of talked about how you know, he was supremely happy at Stoke City. He loved the clubs and fan, the club, the fans loved him. And he was just pulled in a couple of days later onto the pitch and they were like, we need to sell you, we need to make money. Um, and there's lots of sort of stories like that of, None of these players particularly wanted to leave. It was through necessity. The club didn't really have a choice. And like I said, the, the best generation of players probably in the club's history ended up being dismantled within a matter of, you know, six to 12 months. Again, just through freak weather. And like I said, you know, a few games had to be postponed and we actually played our next home game at Vale Park. Our, our wonderful neighbours, uh, allowed us to use their stadium for one game. Um, kind of. And, indeed, how kind of them. And we were talking about this before. We we basically played with Middlesbrough at Vale Park as our home game. Um, so for sort of a bit of context, normally Vale would bring in about four or 5,000 fans for every home game. The attendance was over 20,000 when we went there. <sighs> So from a Vale perspective, they were delighted because their secretaries just made a huge amount of money on ticket sales. Um, and we won the game 1-0. So Ian Moores, or a guy called Ian Moores, scored the goal for Stoke. 
And the Martin's useless fact of the day is the only top flight goal ever scored at Vale Park was scored by a Stoke City player in the Stoke City win. I love that. That's fab, isn't it? <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, if I ever, as we speak, I, I'm pretty sure the FA Cup draw was made tomorrow. And for some reason, it seems so typical that Stoke are going to draw Vale. I, I just got this sad feeling that it's going to happen and, and it's going to go wrong for Stoke. But no matter what happens, until this record is broken, Stoke will always have the upper hand for me that they have this. <laughs> I think Stoke, I think Vale could be in literally a league above Stoke at some point. And I think we'll always have this. I just got a feeling we'll always have this. And it's a, it's a little shining light on what, I mean, we were talking about it and truly a, a, like catastrophic. You wonder what Stoke would have been today had it not been for this, because any momentum got killed by this incident, right? So you say that the team got dismantled. Pretty sure we were relegated soon after, is that right? Yeah, so we, we ended up selling off our best players. Um, we had to resort to sort of putting our faith in younger players. Um, and I think two or three years later, we got relegated. Mm-hmm. You know, so that sort of shows how big an impact this was. This wasn't just a blip. This was you know, the ending, essentially, of our time as one of the, the top clubs in the country. Yeah, and I think as we got relegated, did Waddington leave as well? I think, did he? Soon yeah, after. so Waddington left shortly before we were relegated and, you know, it, it took a long time before we managed to sort of retrieve ourselves from that situation. Yeah, because I think we had a, a small stint back in the top flight, didn't we? But then it, it, it really took back to the Premier League days until Stoke became any sort of recognisable outfit, I think, really, compared to this, right? Yeah, totally agree. We had a small stint in the top flight seven or eight years later after we first relegated, but this was sort of the start of our stint as a as a lower league club, essentially. It's such a shame because it could have been so much different for Stoke. But then, I guess, I said at the start, this is just typical for Stoke City. I was about to say, I've, this might be a recurring theme, to be fair, over the, yeah. next, two, over the last few episodes. There's, a, there's plenty of these examples of these freak moments in yeah. Stoke's history where you sort of go, oh, you know, what, what could have been? Yeah, exactly so, right. So this is this is this is one of many. Yeah, true. But you think us? I, I suppose as us joining as fans within the last twenty years or so, right? This is the Stoke City that that was formed because of that. We we didn't fall in love with the team that were champions of Europe or champions of England or anything like that. That that possibly could have been had we continued the momentum that we were on. We fell in love with the club that 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 was languishing in the. Well, it's hardly the, the the lower leagues of English football, but you get what I mean, compared to where we were, this mm-hmm. is the, the sort of adversity that we came to fall in love with in the end. It's not easy, but it, it makes the hard work to get back to where we were or get close to where we were even more rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a Stoke fan, this is the ebb and flow of, of our club's history, essentially. But as you, as you pointed out, we'll always have that, uh, that one goal at Vale Park to uh, to fall back on. So there's, there's always a shining light or a, a silver lining to every story. Indeed. And I, 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 for some reason, I just can't see Vale getting to the top flight anytime soon. They've, they've got a way to climb before that happens. I think Stoke have at least a couple of decades of rain over them, but then 
you say that we'll we'll have the roof blown off the booth and end and something else will happen and i've jinxed it now haven't i i'll stop talking we'll we'll we'll, we'll come back to this episode like four or four years time where something oh, remarkable no. will probably have happened no and we, can all, we can all point the finger at you for, why, uh... why is it people say that my words and actions have consequences and what actually happens <laughs> to Soak city football club they don't i'm just a guy chatting in his bedroom i'm, I'm serious i i am not an influencer in any way shape or form but before I talk myself into any trouble, I will close day 14 <laughs> now of the 2021 Advent calendar. Martin, thank you for taking me through that. As we said, a sort of dark time in Stokes history, perhaps one of the darkest times in Stokes history, really. It, it changed everything. It really did change everything. But it's nice that even you could put a positive spin on that with that veil fact. And it, it, it just... The, there's light with even even the worst of the episodes that we do on these at least there's a little bit of light even in that just a reminder of course that we are running a fundraiser alongside this advent calendar if you are able to spare a couple of quid maybe throw it in for a new Butler Street stand roof uh, no please if you could whatever you could however big however small if you don't mind chucking a little bit towards that fundraiser you got until the end of December but I mean why not do it now if you can? It'd be very much appreciated by me and Martin. Um, it is for the Donna Louise, so a really worthy cause. I think anyone would agree with that. And of course, you can get involved with this podcast in the new year. I want to get the regular series back up and running again, back interviewing fans and learning your Stoke City story. So if you want to tell it, head to the com and click get involved, fill out the form, and I'll get back in contact with you about you telling your Stoke City story in the new year. But until then, thank you very much for listening. And until the next one, there's an 840